Okay. And we are live on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Good morning to you. Uh, good morning for those of you who have joined us today. For those of you returning to our show, welcome back. Uh, for those of you who are joining us for the first time ever, uh, thank you so much for coming on. And please give us a, a, a some hands up or a, a thumbs up or something in the chat so we know you are new. Um, so we can welcome you properly. Um, I want to encourage uh, all our viewers to uh, like and share the channel or the platform that you are using to see us. Um, and that way, every time we go live, every Thursday at 10 a.m., you'll be uh, reminded to, to join us. Um, and um, just a, a quick intro. Um, my name is Marie Turosian. I'm a certified public accountant and a chartered global management accountant. I'm an experienced uh, auditor and a CFO. Um, as a transformation coach um, and a CPA advisor, I use my proprietary uh, system called Valuation MT to help business owners in the service-based industry to grow from their first million to 10 million and more. Um, I'm also an author and I've written a couple of books. I have an ebook, uh, uh, which is, I'm gonna be putting the link down there and you can go to guide.marieterrasencpa.com and it's all about operational accounting. And my other book is on Kindle and it's available uh, on a digital format and a print format. <clears throat> and it's called A Business Owner's Guide. Uh, um, well, that one was, one was A Business Owner's Guide to Operational Accounting. The other one is A, a Complete Guide to Business Growth. Uh, with me today is, as always, my uh, tax colleague, uh, Pedro Gonzalez, CPA. He's always my featured guest and he helps all my clients with their tax uh, um, help. Pedro, the, the stage is yours. <laughs> Introduce well, yourself. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy uh, New our Year. first uh, episode of 2022. Yes, I'm that's excited uh, to, to be here. You know, and I truly, uh, uh, something that brought us uh, together, uh, Maria, you know, the, the passion to not only <laughs> the numbers, uh, to decipher the numbers, uh, but also to share and help our our clients. And so, uh, I'm excited, and I'm excited to see uh, you know what we're going to be accomplishing in 2022. So, Pedro Gonzalez, CPA, your business and tax strategist. Uh, we help uh, you know our main focus to help our clients uh, achieve their financial goals um, by helping them with uh, improving their cash flow. Um, lower their taxes and develop exit strategies. Um, like mentioned before, we're all going to exit. It depends on how. So the time is now to start looking uh, your uh, business planning, your tax planning in order to achieve uh, the goals that you are setting for yourself. Um, you know, we have uh, an ebook for uh, real estate guide or tax strategies. Uh, and so far, we've received some good feedback on that. Uh, I'm working on an S-Corp uh, uh, book uh, geared toward the, the S-Corp in, in particular uh, about strategies uh, for S-Corp uh, owners. Uh, once it's fully uh, ready, uh, we'll be sharing that too. And one of the topics uh, that will be coming from that book, we're going to share a little excerpt of that. So get an idea of how, you know, the differences. I mean, we, we share information here that you don't find anywhere else. Uh, we're willing to share good information and in many cases reveal some some strategies that you could 
in essence, take it from here and implement it yourself. Absolutely. So you can see what we could be doing for you beyond of what we're doing here. The information we share here is in general in nature. So imagine what we could do for you if we work together and design more specific uh, strategies uh, for your business. Absolutely. Yes, yes, absolutely. I'm so excited about your upcoming book. I didn't yeah. know you were working on it. That was that's awesome. I, I love that. I love that. And truly, there's I believe there's a majority of businesses, even when they are an LLC, they always choose to be taxed as an escort. So I think that's a really great area that you are focusing yeah. um, to to write about. And there's a lot of intricacies because there's, um, you know, there's a pass through uh, taxation, but it also, you know, there's, you know, there's just some different intricacies that uh, S-Corps go through. So I'm excited to today's conversation yeah. is going to be very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, so the excerpt that we're going to talk about today from your book that's going to be upcoming is about what would be a reasonable compensation for a S-Corp shareholder right so stage is yours pedro yeah tell us about this section yeah the reasonable compensation uh that's a topic it's nothing new now it's taking some, some, <laughs> some interest now and that is because we're expecting the irs to be targeting uh s corporation that was the other motivation that the of the book mm -hmm. uh, you know, because S-Corps are going to be under the, the microscope uh, in the next couple of years. One of the areas is going to be res reasonable compensation. Now, the challenge is that reasonable compensation, while the IRS expects you to have reasonable compensation, they don't tell you what it is or how much. So the answer to how much is reasonable compensation is it depends. Mm. Uh, and so that's what the challenge is going to be. Now, there are a couple cases that give some some light into what the mentality is of the IRS or what, how they're going to approach it. Uh, and so what we've been able to gather so far is that uh, while they're not defining, you know, you if you Google some some people are coming up with kind of the rule of thumb, uh, you know, I think some people say a third of your net profit. You know, there's different formulas out there. You know, should it be based on your revenues? Should it be based on your net income, net mm -hmm. income before compensations, and, and on and on. So, but you should not rely on on a formula based on a Google uh, search <laughs> because that's not going to stand. If you're going to yes. be challenged by the IRS, uh, you have to have something more uh, uh, more meaty. To, to, for them to, right. you know, to sustain uh, what, what your, your case. Now, keep in mind that if you, if you have uh, a business that is not generating profit, you're not expected to have uh, compensation. I mean, that, that will be reasonable that in that we're talking about development stage uh, companies, you know, you're getting started. Yeah. So that's why that number will vary. You know, what I mean, that's why yes. the reasonable and, uh, you know, the answer will be depends. It depends on a couple of factors. One is going to depend on the industry. It's going to depend on the location, the geographical location of your business. It's going to depend on the economics of, of the area where you're located. It's going to depend on your background. Right. You know, 
what is your, you know, for example, a CPA versus, uh, let's say, an EA, uh, the compensation will be expected to be different. A CPA right. in Florida versus a CPA, I don't know. And again, I mean, no, no disrespect to any other state, but let's say, for example, a CPA in Miami versus a CPA even here in, uh, I don't know, Pensacola. Sure, you know, sure. It's expected the compensations to be different. Slightly different. Uh, sure. it, it, so the geographical locations, the economics uh, of the location, the industry. So all of those will play a factor on to what they're going to look at to determine if your reason if you have a reasonable compensation now the what is critical is at least you document you know I mean don't just pull a number and and you know and go with it you know I mean mm -hmm. it, you have, you know the, the best thing you can do is at least document many associations uh, chambers of commerce uh, you know uh, trade associations, will have information that you can use that validates your basis for your reasonable compensation. Got it. You know what I mean? If you're an electrician, I'm sure that you go into some kind of trade association and they sure. can tell you what a, a foreman or a uh, an owner of an electric uh, contracting business should be based on either region or be on, on revenues, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's, it, it is out there. I'm not saying that I'm sure as I know it's out there. And right. this is the basis of how we can extract information to tell you is your compensation reasonable or not. So, right. you know, so one, again, if your business is under development stage or, or losses, you don't have to. Uh, also, the location, just kind of start recapping some of the points that we brought up. You know, you have to look at location. Why do I bring that up? Because uh, if you type right now the the average income of, uh, let's say, a CPA, it will nationwide <laughs> exactly <laughs> versus so location. You might be overpaying yourself, which sure. I'm gonna complain about it, but you're killing yourself as far as taxation that you probably didn't have to do. Um, so, uh, or you could be under. Because you know, if you're in New York and you use the average, you're probably paying yourself lower. Lower than right, right. So I, I will say, say, you know, go deeper than just the national average and look at your location, where your right. business is located. And I will not even use a statewide because, again, even some states, if you're in a major city versus a, a more, uh, I don't know, rural area in your state, the the amounts also will vary. Sure. So look at look at the the areas of your industry. Look at your region. Uh, you can tap, like I said, to chamber of commerce or trade associations to pull. I know for us for CPAs, we, we go to the AICPA. They put surveys, and mm -hmm. we tell you what the compensation reasonable based on again areas, the size of your firm. Attorneys have associations that, that provide them information. Sure. Doctor, sure. you name it. So different trade associations will provide you the information you need. Right. And I know like certain certain other uh, positions, let's say Robert Half and other uh, uh, recruiting firms also do their own research on an annual basis. And they do put right. out a lot of information out there that you can research based on the, you know, the type of, you know, uh, uh, position it is. And then you'll be able to get it. I know they, they have one for accounting. They have different, you know, um, industries. That they they put out correct so you know uh now the other area is 
and it, it, why this is going to become a, a hot button. The area of risk, <laughs> what they are going to be targeting, typically is going to be those companies that are paying either very low or close to zero. What happens is that, you know, there's a, let's say, for example, you, you have a, a, a business, let's throw it a basic number, 100,000 mm -hmm. as, as a sole proprietor. Yes. That, that taxpayer is expected to pay somewhere a little over $14,000 in taxes, self-employment tax alone, just on the profit of the 100,000 that taxpayer is expected to pay somewhere around a little over $14,000 in taxes. Now, you tell a taxpayer, which is one of the strategies we'll look. I mean, we're looking at this taxpayer right. and saying, hey, you have a profitable business. Let's move you to an S-Corp. Right. Now, <clears throat> the S-Corp, what we could do is uh, we're going to set a salary and I'm going to throw numbers without looking at uh, analysis. Right. Yeah, just for example. 50000 yeah and the other 50 we're going to take it in distributions mm -hmm. so the net result for this individual will be similar you know what i mean because it, it will pay but the difference is going to be that we're saving this taxpayer roughly half of that so close to about seven thousand dollars of tax saving just by moving this individual from a sole proprietor to an s-corp he's going to draw a salary of, of 50 and 50,000 is going to come in the form of distributions from the from the company. Now, assuming that the 50,000 reasonable compensation is, is, is all good. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> now, the temptation is, that, well, why do I even pay myself a salary when I could take 100,000 in distribution, zero mm -hmm. in salary, pay zero in payroll taxes and save $14,000 in, 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 tax, in taxes? That will be the temptation, but that is a huge mistake because you kind of put yourself at risk of underreporting. Mm -hmm. And again, now that it's under the attention of the IRS, you probably become a target, uh, especially if you're an active uh, shareholder, because the other aspect that they're going to look at, everything else that we have said so far, plus your participation in the business. It is unreasonable that if you're actively involved in the generation of revenue of your business, that your salary be zero. Correct. You know what I mean? So distributions, yes, is part of the, the compensation, but it should be your sole compensation. They're expecting you to draw a salary. That's what is customary. And that's what they're going to expect. And then they're going to compare you based on the industry, based on the economics. They're going to say, you know, then now you're going to leave it on the hands of the IRS to determine what the reasonable compensation because you didn't do it yourself it's going to become now an uphill battle now for you to now disprove the irs they're going to hire experts in, in compensation to do it that's why i suggest that you document it do your uh, do your due diligence sure. have a basis and then at least i have something to battle with the irs they might disagree and again there has been cases uh, where one uh the IRS won the case. It actually happens to be a CPA. But I think that the salary was substantial. I mean, I don't know why he would have done that, but the salary was like 24000 <laughs> And it's a profitable CPA. So, I, again, that that tells us that they're going to be looking at his, his area's expertise. He was a CPA. He had an MBA. He had all these other training, experience. Sure. Uh, wow. So, you know, the salary did not make sense. Uh, there has been cases where the IRS kind of when uh, uh, 
didn't completely win, meaning that the tax court then what they did is did not agree with the calculation of the IRS. The taxpayer did have a calculation and they went somewhere in between. Mm. You know what I mean? So the tax court established another salary, but at least the taxpayer had a basis for how they came up with this number. Right. They had something that they could prove. Exactly. what I I came up with. Yes. Exactly. At least I I can tell you how I came up with this instead (laughs) of... uh, I just guessed it. Right, See, right. That's a risk because then it's almost like a, an intentional, potentially intentional act of underreporting. Right, right. We Where definitely the other wanted, one, yeah, I we can say, any well, intentionality question coming up for that from the IRS. We want to make sure saying, okay, I did my research, I found this information, I found that, and I came up with this calculation based correct. on this and that. Correct. At least it shows that you made an effort. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and then, uh, it might be that the tax court or even the IRS does not agree with you, but also you have a basis for negotiation. Right. You know? right. Uh, the IRS say, Marie, I don't agree with you. And that's okay. But I can tell you how I arrived to my number. Sure. Now, the IRS is going to say, Marie, you say that your salary should be based on uh, $20 an hour, which I don't agree. <laughs> I think your salary should be more closer to $80 an hour. And you say, oh, I don't think so. And so, okay, so but let's let's talk about it. And then maybe the, the, you come up with, I don't know, $30 an hour. You, Marie, say, okay, I'll take the $30 an hour and I'll pay the, the taxes on that differential. The difference, you know, yes. Right, then, right, okay, right. So we're, we're good. But if yes. you had nothing, how are you going to defend your... Your, your position. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So document, 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 document. <laughs> yes. And this Seems is like an attorney be, all the time. <laughs> yeah. And, and because of, uh, again, uh, we're expecting this to be a hot button. Yeah, I yeah, encourage uh, anybody and everybody listening to this is to to look at your compensation. Uh, if you don't know if it's reasonable or not or how to determine that, uh, I you know encourage you at least to start by contacting your CPA at least have a conversation and see if he or she can guide you into either them themselves helping you or guide you how to get this information. But it should not be disregarded, should not be ignored. I think at 2022, I will say start with that. Immediately look at your compensation because they will be looking at this. This is definitely a, a very... Uh, um, th- I can see how when you said this could be a really big hot button and it can really go to court and you're going to make a you know big impact for a business owner for something maybe could have been avoided completely by doing just a little bit of research a little bit of a little spreadsheet with a few numbers on it and it could really um save them a lot of headache you know uh, instead of going to court and everything um so um would you be able to expand a little bit more on let's say i know you gave us some examples of like um when we kind of put put uh, clients from and that are let's say an lc or single member llc and they move on to an s corp um that taxation and how they're actually saving money in a different way right so saving on taxes can we give them a little bit more detail on the taxability and the difference maybe on the rate wise on 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 what specific the, the taxes that they pay let's say when they pay themselves a salary versus the taxes they're paying when they're kind of getting the distribution out well the the, the taxes is still going to be uh uh it's called self-employment tax so that's why you know if going back to the example of the self-employed 
the schedule mm -hmm. C, just the simplest form, you know, this is this individual has a business that generates a net profit of 100. Right. Uh, and this individual, this taxpayer will end up paying a little over 14,000 uh, in, in taxes and self-employment tax plus income tax, because then that's depending on the rest of the of the cause you can have a, a, an individual still with taxable income of zero and still has to pay the self-employment self-employment tax. Right. You know, so that's why I'm. I wanted to keep it simple because I wanted to highlight is the payroll tax. Now, mm -hmm. in, in, in S in S corp, what happens is the same individual with the same uh, net profit mm -hmm. move them into an S corp. Now, and instead of uh, paying himself or herself a hundred thousand dollars in salary, you put is, let's say for example, uh, fifty thousand. So you're in essence cutting that payroll tax in half because sure. the payroll tax will still be the same. I mean, you still have to pay the payroll tax uh, either. But the either rate at that uh, 50,000 is going to be a lot smaller because they're Correct. going to be in a different bracket, a lower because bracket. The, exactly. The, the base subject to payroll tax, now you reduce yeah. it. And then the other 50, you're going to take in the form of distribution. Right, at, the, at a different rate. So you're kind of like separating and getting taxed at different rates and different ways. So, you know, there's going to be a net savings at the end. Correct. Now, the, the individual will have then uh, uh, a K-1 now showing a $50,000 uh, profit, $50,000 mm -hmm. above uh, on W-2, but the payroll tax has been reduced. Right, yeah. right. It's being reduced from the business as a business Correct. expense. Correct. You know, and then that's something a lot of people don't see because what happens is that this is almost like a, kind of in a way, kind of a hidden tax. You know, a lot of times you see your 1040 and you see yes. your, your tax that you're paying on your income, but you're not realizing that in addition to your income tax, you have to pay a payroll tax. Yes. And of course, depending on the tax brackets, you're going to be uh, for your, your, um, ordinary income, you know, your, your, uh, for the income tax, uh, that's also going to play a factor here. But again, that, that will be hard to determine because this, the, the, let's say that's that same scenario of the $50,000 in wages with $50,000 of, uh, K one, and you might end up having taxable income of zero through some other losses of other activities and end up with a taxable income of zero. Then what happens then in that case is that you have no pay, no payroll taxes after that, meaning that all your payroll taxes were paid through your W-2, but only half. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're taxable, assuming that you end up on the same. And again, uh, when we're doing this scenario, we're assuming that both scenarios, you'll end up with the same taxable income. And in that case, if you if you had, let's say, for example, for simplicity, taxable income of zero, then that you have, you know, tax, uh, tax, uh, the tax is zero. Your your uh, payroll tax will be <laughs> seven. If you're an S corp, if you're a self-employed as Schedule C, then you're going to have taxable income of zero. But then you have uh, self-employment tax of fourteen thousand. So you did have to pay the tax. A lot of people don't don't kind of follow this because what happens is not you know a lot of the tax preparer don't go through the explanation helping you know what what happens is they'll they say oh uh, what is my tax rate? 
my tax rate is zero. Mm-hmm. Taxable income is zero. And so the person is all excited. Oh, great. But you still need to pay $14,000 of self-employment tax. Hmm. So where's the money? Yeah, so you, and, and it happens. So you see that still uh, the business, uh, your taxable income is zero, and the individual still need to pay 14000 and they might already have spent it. Right, right, right. Have the money now to pay it. Right, understood. That's when they kind of, you know, hits them, is that there's this other tax that many times they don't get to talk about it. You hear a lot about income tax planning, but when we're looking at tax planning, we're looking at all of the different types. All of the pieces, correct. Correct, yes. Um, I have a, uh, uh, something that I remembered in a situation where um, I was working on a project. This was a, quite a few years ago. And what happens when there's more than one shareholder, let's mm-hmm. say, and then let's say one shareholder is actively running the business, has is the one of the executives, but then there's yeah. a secondary or third shareholder that does some things but is technically part of the board but <laughs> <laughs> i just did that face i uh, know i know I saw that. <laughs> so because this was very confusing to me at the time because i couldn't really get a you know uh understanding of what the actual job of that shareholder yeah. was and you know there was a certain amount of things that Apparently he was working on like making you know connections and whatever, and uh, so then he was getting paid for something, but he was also a shareholder, so he was part of the board. So there was like he was kind of active, but you know it was like a confusing thing. So what? Yeah. Have you no, seen this that's actually like a that? Good. Can we give like an example or something? Yeah, like, no, that's a happens? very. What is a reasonable compensation for a shareholder like that? That's kind of oh, active, but that's awesome. It is a good point that you're bringing up now. Thank you. <laughs> it, no, it is, and then the, and that is gonna bring up another uh, another interesting uh, element to the mix. Okay. Now let's talk about and again to keep it simple. Two individuals, you know, their shareholders, 50-50 yes. in the, in, the, in the ownership. Sure. One is heavily involved in the management of the business. One is not. And again, yeah. let's keep it simple. You know, what does that mean? It is, it's somewhat involved, but not in the day-to-day operation. It's a kind of right. Now, I can tell you that the IRS will probably, one, you're not expected to take even a compensation because you're not actively involved. Now, yeah. I can tell you the IRS will look at that kind of funny. Because they're going to yeah. wonder, why are you even a shareholder on a business that you are not actively participating and you get no compensation? <clears throat> or right. if the compensation is very little, they're going to, again, look at this kind of funny. I mean, your explanation, okay, I can see that, that you are hardly involved, but they still kind of question it. Mm. Yeah. So... Uh, it depends, I guess, again, uh, what what exactly is this individual doing? Now, if let's say, for example, you have, let's take a, a CPA firm. You have a, a younger CPA that is, let's say, with the plan of taking over the business. So he or she is the one really in the day-to-day. In essence, the, the practice manager is in day there, you know, managing the employee. Yes. So he or she is the one driving the, the larger salary, is actively involved. So yes. she... She is also a, a shareholder. Now, let us assume that the 
exiting or, or planning to exit a partner, she is basically now moving out of the day-to-day -day operation. And her role now is more about client relationship, bringing, you know, he, she has been the kind of the face of the, of the firm yeah. and she's grooming this newer CPA to take over. Now, it will be difficult to have zero compensation. True. Because True. you can say, well, but I'm not active. Active in the sense of what does that mean? Active in what sense? I mean, that you're no longer doing the audits and the tax return preparation. But you are active in the practice development, in the business True. development. True. So you have to be careful when people say, well, I'm not active. Yeah. You know, and, and we got to define what that means or what activity is, you know, they're going to look at the, the whole op overall business. Now, if you're staying at home, retired, uh, yes. and just, just kind of, they're kind of giving you an honorarium type of compensation because it's Marie Tarosian, and we're going to keep the name because name, she has yeah, built the business. Yeah. yeah. And we're still going to keep her, her face around because he has, in essence, branding. True, true. That so, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, you know, she kind of, we're kind of paying her, I don't know, $2,000 a month. She hardly, you know, she might do, write an article. She probably shows up at a, at a, at a speech or something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. So one exact, yes. exactly. So it depends on what they, in this case, Marie is doing. So if Marie is, is that's the case, she's now, in essence, truly retired and she's just keeping the name and she, then in that case, I can see that either her compensation to be zero or to be very minimal. minimal. But if Marie right. is simply switching to another role and yeah. she's active, not active in the in the in the grinding. She's active now is client relations, shaking hands and, and yeah. closing deals. Now I am not involved in the delivery of the product. Correct. It's you're just still active yeah. and you should have a compensation. Now your role is no longer necessarily be looking at as a, as a CPA, but a marketing director. Correct. So you could be comparing yourself what, you know, for example, marketing directors will be, or business developers, right. or you should compensation should be based on, on percentage of closings or something like that. Right. Zero will be hard to, to, to justify. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that totally makes sense. So then when, when anyone in our audience, you know, when you're trying to, you know, build a, a, a you know, a partnership or you know an escrow with a, another uh, you know you have two shareholders i think it's uh, the recommendation is that each of the shareholders figure out what their position is uh in the in in the business uh what their title is what their tasks are so that when they're coming up with their reasonable compensation then they'll be able to say okay my compensation is based on the industry let's say of you know this is the job this is the title this is what i'm doing this is my location this is what i get paid and this is the other partner or the shareholder where this is what their job is their title and all that stuff so then it's very clear to the irs as to you know where they stand and their 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 um what their position is yeah yeah that's awesome that's awesome. So I think this was exciting conversation. Yeah. That's for sure. I love it. I can't wait to to see your book. And uh, it'll be very, very nice. And we'll share that information as well once the book is ready. And we'll put yeah. the link up. Um, and then uh, that brings us towards the end of our, our session. It's 30 minutes. We want to be very cognizant of our audience's time as well. So 30 minutes, quick education. 
uh, but very important, relevant education. <clears throat> and as always, we want to leave you with, you know, who are the five people that you are surrounding yourself with that are helping you grow and and and, and support you. And we hope we are the, the two of the five that you are supporting yourself with. And if you need any additional help, we are always here for you. Awesome. With that, I'll say have a wonderful week. Okay. Take care. Bye.